right. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is doing wonderful today. I hope you guys are excited because I know I am. We are here um, in this Bible study. We have been studying where Yeshua and where the Holy Spirit are in every book of the Bible. And we are almost done with the Old Testament. And so now um, we're going to be in the book of Nahum. But the Lord also told me to do Habakkuk as well. Because they're both pretty short books. But still, there's so much revelation and things to learn um, from these books. Amen. So I'm going to open I'm a, oh, it's okay. I'm going to open this in prayer and then I'm going to um, just dive into this. All right. So let us pray. Father, right now in the name of Yeshua, we come before you and we just give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And Lord, I pray right now that you will allow me to decrease so that you may increase. Anoint my lips of clay that I may be an oracle of God. Let nothing I say be of earthly wisdom, be of everything of heaven and the spirit. I pray, Holy Spirit, my friend, that you would be loosed on the people right now. Give them wisdom. Give them revelation. And I pray, Lord, right now, Lord, that you will remove the stones and remove the thorns and let their hearts be fertile ground and let this word fall on good ground and let it produce much fruit in their lives so that they will lack nothing in their destiny. Lord, we love you, we adore you, thank you, and praise you. It's in Yeshua's name I do pray. While the presence of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, my prayer partners agreement said amen, amen, and amen. All right, so let's go to Nahum, all right? And I want us to start um, at chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 2. Now, let me give you a little background about Nahum. Now, Nahum... His name means comfort or consolation of God. Now, this is very interesting considering that the book of Nahum, it talks a lot like basically about destruction and God's wrath and all these other things. But the thing that I find very amazing is the fact that God is saying that's not concerning us or concerning the Jews. He said, Basically, God says in Nahum, okay, if you remain faithful and loyal to me, I will protect you. But if you disobey me and you go against me, now you have to endure my wrath. And so here, I think this is very amazing because in Nahum, we're back in Nineveh. So here, Nahum is giving a word to Nineveh. Now, in Nineveh, that should sound familiar, right? That's where Jonah had to go. Jonah, um, basically, and those who are, you know, remember the teaching on Jonah is that Nineveh, evil town, God said destroy. Jonah, go, give the word, save them. They have a revival. God changes his mind. Well, now we're back in Nineveh. So what happened was this is 150 years after Jonah did what he did. And now Nineveh, they're back to their old wicked ways. They're back to witchcraft. They're back to idolatry. And so now God is saying, all right, I gave you a chance. You didn't listen. So now this is what I'm about to do. So here, let's go. Um, okay, so verse two, it says, God is jealous and the Lord revengeth, the Lord revengeth. And is furious, the Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he re reserveth wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea, and maketh it dry, and dryeth up all the rivers. Bashan languish and Carmel and the flower of Lebanon languish. All right, so let me stop right there. So here, right off the bat, we see right here, it says God is jealous. What does that mean? Well, 
you hear people say that all the time, God is a jealous God, but what does that mean? That means, like he said, when he um, gave Moses the commandment, thou shalt have no other God before me. So he said, I am a jealous God because you should have no other God before me. So here he says, God is jealous and the Lord revenge it. Now, what does that mean, revenge it? Well, Nineveh was not just doing wrong in God's sight. He was, Nineveh was also oppressing God's people. So here we see God is remembering his promise. Remember, he said, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Well, here we're seeing the same thing. Now, Nineveh, not only are they doing wicked, but they're oppressing. And he said, the Lord revenges. So now the Lord has to defend Israel against Nineveh. Now, check this out. And is furious, the Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and you reserveth wrath for his enemies. Reserveth wrath means, again, I feel like God is displaying his character. Because again, he's not just mad just to be mad. And because he's mad, he's not just going to do something. It says right here, and the key is in verse 3, the Lord is slow to anger. So that means if you actually pay attention to this, God gave Nineveh 150 years to get this together before he unleashes his wrath. Okay? So here it's saying, and I love what Nahum is doing because he's not just saying, God's going to destroy you. He's saying, first, understand God's character. Okay? So the first thing I want everyone to understand is that God's heart is never to destroy anyone. His desire is to save. But when you reject him and you reject his ways, now you have to face his judgment and his wrath. And so here it says, the Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. What does acquit the wicked mean? It means he's not going to pardon the wicked. So that means that we still, uh, and I hate how the church kind of dresses this up, but don't think that sin doesn't have a price. Every, even the scriptures say that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So here, sin has a price. And here he's saying that because sin equate like there's so many charges, he says, he, yes, God may forgive you of whatever sin you have committed, but that doesn't mean he's going to remove the consequence of that sin. Oh, I hope you understand that. And it doesn't mean that God is angry or wrathful. It just means that he's like, okay, yes, but you still have to bear the consequences of this. Because I want you to understand why you don't do this. That's why he's a father. I feel right now the Lord wants me to, to tell you people today is that he is a good father. And when he chastens you, it's out of his love. If he, if he doesn't chasten you, that means he doesn't love you. Just like if your father didn't correct you when you were wrong, can you really honestly say that your father loved you? I know it's complicated because now we live in an era and a generation where the where the the enemy is trying to force out the father office. Uh y'all ain't talking to me. Where we where we see that honor is not being due to fathers. And that's out of order. You see? So God is displaying here, yes. I am loving, I am kind, but I am also righteous and I require um holiness okay now let's go to verse five okay the mountains quake at him and the hills melt and the earth is burdened at his presence yea the world and all that dwell therein now pay attention verse six who can stand before his indignation and who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire and the rocks are thrown down by him. Number seven, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Now, this is powerful. So now, again, God is saying, if you're with me, this has nothing to do with you. Okay? Now, I know a lot of people, they're like, oh, well, there were a lot of good people, especially during the pandemic and, and a lot of other things. Like, why do um, 
bad things happen to good people. Come on now. I know some of you know what I'm talking about. But if you understand that those who trust in the Lord, you have nothing to fear. Not even death itself. I hope I'm talking to somebody today. When you have Yeshua with you and you have faith in him, this is what I want to tell people right now. It's not that I believe just the word of God, but I know in whom I have believed. Come on, somebody. I know who I believe in. And that's what the Lord is saying here. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Right there, it says he knoweth them. So right there, if you go back, even Yeshua said, depart from me, I never knew you, right? That means that there's no relationship. There's no connection. But here, he's saying, if you have a relationship with me, if you have a connection with me, then when I place wrath or judgment, it's not on you, okay? And again, Going back, who can stand before his indignation? Who can stand? Basically, if God decides to come against you, what what really can you do? When God gives correction and decides to bring judgment, who can stand against it? You will not make it out. I'm trying to tell you. And what I love, his fury is poured out like fire. Do you understand how powerful that is? What that means is, is that it like a fire, it consumes Okay, it, 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 and, and when it says his anger, his fury is like fire. Again, you also have to understand fire serves two purposes. Fire can be a great benefit, but it can also lead to destruction. For instance, I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but it, but just geographically, if you pay attention to Yellowstone, because Occasionally, what happens is that there's fires that happen in Yellowstone Park, and a lot of people see that as, oh, that's a bad thing. Well, not to the ecosystem, because the ecosystem understands, like, all these trees and stuff, and they have to die in order for new ones to be made. And so what happens is that Yellowstone, in its ecosystem, has that fire to get rid of the old, to make way for the new. Well, God is doing the same thing. When his fury is like fire, that means he's trying to get rid of something so he can bring in something new. Oh, I hope, uh, I know I know, I lost some people. I know I lost some people, but, but, but who's with me so far? Are y'all with me? I hope mm-hmm. I ain't losing you. Amen. All right. So now <laughs> we're about to go in a little deeper, okay? We're going to... Move to Nahum chapter 2, okay? Now, I'm going to bring this here to verse 11, okay? Because I want y'all to know something because, believe me, there is a word not only for the people, but there's a word for even our country right now. There's for every nation, I'm trying to tell you. In fact, the Lord even gave me evidence uh, of certain things of which he has done this before, not just in Bible times, but also in our modern times. I'll show you. So, Nahum chapter 2, verse 11. It says, Where is the dwelling of the lions in the feeding place of the young lions, where the lion, even the old lion, walked, and the lions whelp, and none made them afraid? The lion did tear in pieces enough for his whelps, and strangle for his lioness, and filled his holes with prey, and his dens with raven. Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will burn her chariots in the smoke, and the sword shall devour thy young lions, and I will cut off thy prey from the earth, and the voice of thy messenger shall no more be heard. Now, check this out, because this is powerful. Now, in Nineveh, there were a lot of lion sculptures, but God isn't just talking about sculptures. He's talking about idols. So here, it says the dwelling place of the lions If you understand what God is saying, lions actually means demonic spirits, okay? So basically what God is saying, you have allowed demonic spirits to come in, dwell among you, and you allow them to reproduce. That's what young lions mean. Young lions means, and and Holy Spirit, give them revelation right now. Young lions means that these demonic spirits have now produced offspring. Whoa, how does the demonic proof offspring? 
I'm going to show you. Let's say, for instance, um, I'm talking about, and I know one of my sisters is going to love this. It's He's talking about generational curses here. He's talking about demons that have started in one place and they reproduced in the people leading to generations. If you don't believe me, what did Yeshua say to the Pharisees and Sadducees? He said, you look like your father, the devil. He called them children of the devil. Why? Because he's saying that Satan had infiltrated the system and he reproduced. Come on, somebody. And that reproduction has led down the generations. And here, look at what it's saying. And, and what am I saying now? The church has done the same thing. You allow lions, demonic spirits to come in and you've allowed it to reproduce over. I, oh, I know I, somebody got mad at me, but I'm trying to tell you the truth. What now is that those demonic spirits have infiltrated and they reproduced down the lines and over generations. But here, look at this. And instead of the church coming against these coming against the lions, coming against the demonic and breaking it, you've allowed it to come in and you have allowed them to dwell. You allowed them to get comfortable. Oh, come on, somebody. I, I, who, who, who is getting this? And right here, we see that God says, Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will burn her chariots in the smoke, and the sword shall devour thy young lions, and the sword shall devour thy young lions. What is the sword, if you understand it? It is not only the word of God, but it is also the kingdom message. Oh, I hope someone is getting this. The sword is the word of God, and it's destroying generational curses. It is destroying the demonic offspring. That is the only way to get rid of these young lions. It's the only way to drive out the demonic is the word, the sword. And right here, he said, shall devour thy young lions, and I will cut off the prey from the earth, and the voice of thy messenger shall no more be heard. That means right here that God is also saying that I am coming against you. I've already made up my mind. So much so that I'm not even going to hear your pleas for mercy or your cries for help. That's what he's saying. He do not ever. And thank God we will never be in that place. But I'm telling you that this is why you need to appreciate Yeshua. Because right here, as soon as God said he was done, that was it. There was no intercessor. Even down to the point where he said, I'm not even going to let your messengers talk to me. And this is what makes Yeshua so amazing. Because no matter how much we sin, no matter how many mistakes we have made, we can always come to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. And the Lord Yeshua will be our intercessor for the Father. Saying, I pay the price for that. Are, are you hearing this here? Right now, just thank God for his mercy and for his forgiveness. Because of Yeshua. Right now, that's what the Lord wants to do. And so, this is the word I want to tell people right now. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord is saying to some of you right now, and the sword shall devour thy young lions. I don't know what generational curse, I don't know what demonic spirit has come in. Maybe it's racism. Maybe it's offense. Maybe it's alcoholism. Maybe it's smoking, whatever it is. Maybe it's some type of addiction or whatever. I tell you the truth. I decree and declare in the name of Yeshua, you shall be set free by the word of the Lord right now. Glory to God in the highest. I am telling you right now in the name of Yeshua, you shall be break, you shall be set free. I break those curses off of you right now in the name of Yeshua. I destroy those young lions right now. It shall not produce any more fruit in your life. No more this day. In the name of Yeshua, I count it done. And I thank you, Father, for what has taken place. In Yeshua's name, mighty name, I pray. Amen. Receive that right now. Give God some praise if you receive that. Oh, I'm telling you, the Lord is doing something today. Lord, am I done with Nineveh? Nope, I'm not done. So I want you to go to Nahum chapter 3. Ooh. Go to verse 18. Now I'm getting to the word that's for America. America. 
and for the churches. Pay attention. Thy shepherds slumber, O king of Assyria. Thy nobles shall dwell in the dust. Thy people scattered upon the mountains, and no man gathereth them. There is no healing of thy bruise. Thy wound is grievous. All that hear the brute of thee shall clap the hands over thee, for upon whom hath not thy wickedness passed continually. Now let me show you something amazing. Because here we see what God has done. If you go back, God basically says, I'm going to remove myself completely from Nineveh. I'm going to take my hand completely off of Nineveh. Now look at this. Thy shepherds slumber. Now this, when I read this, the Lord directed my attention. He said, what happened in the past year when the pandemic took place? In fact, if you move back, it talks about how pestilence, actually it isn't in this chapter, it's in Habakkuk, but I'll talk about that later. But basically, God started showing me, he said, what happened? And then he said, this is a little sign of what happens when my hand is removed from a place. Because look, it says, thy shepherds slumber. Anybody notice how the churches were ineffective during the pandemic? Anybody notice that some of these pastors were sleeping on the job? How some of these pastors even lost their churches? Come on, somebody. It says, thy shepherds slumber. O king of Assyria, thy, thy nobles shall dwell in the dust. Thy nobles shall dwell in the dust or... If you want to use America, government officials, government leaders, going to be powerless, not going to be effective. Thy people is scattered. Black Lives Matter, the race movement, the kneeling. Come on now. I hope you are seeing this. These are all signs that happen when the Lord decides to take his hand off of a, off of a place. And look at what God says. This is the part that's scary. He says, there is no healing of thy bruise. Meaning that what has happened, there is no healing for this. God is saying, I removed myself and I'm not going to restore it. None of us done. But thank God. Thank God for Yeshua. Because this right here, because when I read this, I started to feel a little scared. Because I said, Lord... What 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 you're saying here happened here in the U.S. I like we saw it firsthand, but then he said to me, "Fear not, because this is for Nineveh. It's not for the United States." And I said, "Wait a minute." I said, "What's the difference?" I'm gonna tell you something. Are you ready for some good news? Isn't that what the gospel is? Who here is ready for some good news? Oh, I need to see some active people. I, I, I got church mice today. Amen. Come on, somebody. Now, Holy Spirit, give them revelation right now. Pay attention. Look at this. Because I asked the Lord, I said, why didn't you save Nineveh again? But Israel could make the same mistakes over and over again, and yet you still save them consistently, and you will still save them. Why? And the Lord told me this. He said, because I have a covenant with Israel, not with Nineveh. Oh, come on, somebody. He said, my covenant was with Israel. I promised I will always be there, and I will always be their God. I made no such promise to Nineveh. Though I be God, and yes, I saved them, and yes, I protected them because I am good. But I did not make the same covenant with them that I made with Israel. And that is the same promise he gave to the, to the United States. So our hope is we, we are heirs of Jacob. We are heirs of Abraham. Those This is a Christian nation. This was founded on Judeo-Christian values. This is a Judeo-Christian nation. Okay, and it's because of that foundation, God has not left us or has completely destroyed us, even though he could have very easily, but he, he could have made us just like Nineveh. But he said, because you believe in my son, because you have a relationship, I have a covenant with you, United States. I will continue to try to save you. Come on, somebody. Amen. Uh, I hope someone caught that. I hope someone's receiving that. Right now, I feel the Lord is saying, I want to save your families. 
I want to break your generational curses, but I want your families to become saved. I feel like the Lord is releasing that right now. If you want that, just thank him for it right now. It's being released to you right now. Some of you have unsaved family members that are in your heart. Some of you have unsaved family members. The minute I said that, you knew exactly who I would, who you've been praying for, who you've been thinking I'm telling you right now, the Lord is saying right now, I want to save your families. I want to save this nation. I want this nation to come back to me. But I also want the households to come back to me, says the Lord. Oh, I hope somebody received that. Right now, thank him for it. Because he will do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes. I'm... I want you to go to Habakkuk. We're done with Nahum. Let's go to Habakkuk. Are you done or do you want some more? Are you excited about this? Because I know I am. Oh, come on and see. There is so much more. Oh, my goodness. So now we're here in Habakkuk. Now, Habakkuk, this is going to be very interesting because not many people know much about Habakkuk. Like they know he was a prophet. He came up. But this is the part that that was a little interesting about Habakkuk. Because Habakkuk, what he does, he sees later, he sees all the injustice that's going on. He's seeing all these people who are sinful, who are doing, they're not following the Torah. They're not following the law. And here it is. They're looking like they're good. They're looking like they're prosperous. Come on, who's been there before? Come on now, if you've been a Christian long enough, it looks like being a Christian can be a drag sometimes and the world is having all the fun. Who here knows what I'm talking about? Because sometimes we going through stuff, but then the people who you know, they act a fool Sunday all the way to Saturday. They act a fool and they look like they got no problems. In fact, it looks like they're more blessed than you are, right? Well, Habakkuk is talking about the same thing, but here is what God says, all right? So we're going to go to Habakkuk chapter one, all right? And I want you to go to verse five, okay? Now, pay attention to this. Behold, ye among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told to you. Now, right off the bat, what does that mean? Mm, too much. That is Yeshua. Amen. That is, he, he's literally talking about the ministry of Yeshua. And this is true. Because when Yeshua came, here he is. He did all these miracles. He did all these signs of wonders. He brought all this teaching. And yet the Jews still didn't believe him. Still didn't accept him. Even us today, it's amazing how we have all this technology. We want to believe all these historians and none of these historians saved a soul. Come on, somebody. And here it is. Yeshua is proven in history. So is the resurrection. But yet you still will not believe. Here it is. God is saying, he said, I will do a work among the heathen. Marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told you. That means God said, I even told you it was going to happen, and you still didn't believe me. Let me move on. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. Now, hold on. I want you to pay attention because here it is. Now Habakkuk is complaining to God. He's saying, look, these guys, they look way more powerful, but they, but they're not like us. They, they don't follow the Torah. So God, what's going on now? Let's move forward. Like I said, and God even showed them he will do something. They won't even believe. Now, verse 12, I feel the I feel the glory of the Lord right now. Look at this. Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord my God, mine holy one, we shall not die. O Lord, thou hast ordained them for judgment, and O mighty God, thou hast established them for correction. Thou art of pure eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. Wherefore looks 
thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdeth thy tongue when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he. And again, what we see is Habakkuk acknowledging, God, you are holy, you are righteous, you know far more than I do. So why are you allowing wickedness to take place? Why are you allowing the wicked to thrive? Why aren't you punishing them and bringing judgment? Again, I love how God is saying, and I love how God addresses the prophets. He said, your hearts are so far from mine because all they want to do is bring judgment. All they want to do is bring, now I wonder the people don't want to listen to the church no more because all y'all want to do is bring judgment. You don't want to bring salvation. Oh, y'all missed that. Y'all want to bring judgment, but you don't want to bring salvation. You don't want to bring the relationship. You don't want to show how loving and kind this God really is. You want to show God is wrathful and if you don't repent, you're going to die and go to hell. Last time I checked, it wasn't fear that brought me to Christ. It was his love that brought me to him. It was his love that made me have faith in him. I hope you all are understanding that. But again, this is the problem that we see very common. Is that even the believers, they're like, well, God, how come you aren't getting them? How come I'm the one who always seems to be getting corrected? Every time I sin, I have to, you know, whatever. Let me tell you something. The Lord wants me to say this. Go read in his word. He said, if he doesn't correct you, that means that you are not his. (laughs) Just because wicked looks like it's thriving doesn't mean it's going to thrive forever. I feel like somebody needs to hear that. God is sitting right now. Is that just because it looks like wicked wickedness is thriving doesn't mean it's thriving forever. God is saying, if you abide in me and you trust me, the reason why I correct you is so that you don't have to suffer the same fate that they're going to suffer. Because they don't know me. They don't have eternal life. You have the wonderful opportunity to have life and life abundant. That means even after you die, you have life. But guess what? I can't say the same for the people who dwell in wickedness. I'm just telling you the truth. That's what the Lord is saying right now. But again, I ain't talking gloom and doom. I'm giving salvation. I want people to understand you don't have to bear that. And also, looks can be deceiving. Those people who look like they're thriving, I guarantee they don't have the same joy on the inside that you have when you accepted Yeshua. Let me move on. Go to Habakkuk chapter 2. I'm almost done. And I know. We're going to get through this. Go to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. I love this. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Let me stop right there, because I love that verse. It says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. So the Lord is telling Habakkuk the prophet, write this down. Write the vision I'm about to show you and make it plain. What does make it plain? Who here has heard that verse before? Write the vision, make it plain, right? Now, I know a lot of people are like, what does make it plain mean? Does that mean make it specific, make it clear? What does make it plain mean? Well, if you look at that word, that word, this is a kingdom principle. Oh, I feel the glory right now. It says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain. Plain means decree. Come on, somebody. It means decree and declare like a king. He said, not only write it down, but decree it. And then it says, upon tables that he may run that readeth it. That means readeth it means read it out loud. 
Come on, somebody. He said not only declare it, but declare it out loud. Anyone who reads it, it's a declaration. And here it says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. So some of you, God has given you visions. Some some God has given you aspirations or whatever. And I'm telling you, it's for an appointed time. The, and you don't know the time. Only the Lord knows the time. But it's your job to write it down and to decree whatever the Lord has said. Because here he says, but at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Meaning it, it's going to happen. It's not going to it's not going to tarry. Tarry means it's not going to dwindle. It, 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 it's not going to be hesitant. It's going to come. It is coming. I feel right now the Lord is saying it is coming. And this is what's coming. What is coming? Now, it says, again, point of time, though it tarry, wait for it. God said, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Why does the Lord say wait? Because the scripture says, and allow patience to do her complete work in you so that you will lack nothing in your destiny. Maybe God is delaying some prayers, some visions that you have and etc. Because maybe he wants you to develop patience so that you will lack nothing when your destiny comes. Oh, I hope someone missed that. Because there are so many people, they receive the gifts, they receive the anointing from God, but then they can't keep it. God wants you, as soon as you get it, you can keep it and you can do something with it. I feel like the Lord just wants me to show more of his personality right now and show you the way he thinks. Now, we're going to move on. Go to chapter 2, verse 13. Behold, it is not of the Lord of hosts that the people shall labor in the very fire and the people shall weary themselves for very vanity. Now, 14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Woe unto him. No, hold on. Let me stop right there. Let me stop right there. Look at this. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Why is this so important? This is part of what he's saying. This is part of what he's declaring. God is fulfilling this right now. Do you see why God told him, write the vision and make it plain? It's so that this can manifest even now in this time. Oh, come on, somebody. Somebody should shout a hallelujah on that one. There was a reason. So it says, for the earth shall be filled. With the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. What is the knowledge of the glory? First off, what does that word knowledge mean? That knowledge does not mean know or or just to know about, you know. But it's to have like an intimacy. It's to have like a know-how, like you understand it. It, it, it. it goes beyond. So God is saying the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory, meaning that you will understand the glory. You will know how it works. You will know how it functions. You will know how to dwell in it, to operate in it, to, to explain. Come on, somebody. You, you know, some people, they, I, and I feel like this is what the Lord wants me to say, because what is the knowledge of the glory of God? Well, first off, the knowledge of the glory who here wants to know this? Come on now. I, I, I need, the Lord needs to see some hungry people. Who wants to know what that really is? The knowledge of the glory. Mm. Yeah. Because I tell you right now, the knowledge of the glory, it starts with Yeshua. Yeshua is the starting point of the knowledge of the glory. Yeshua is the one who teaches you glory. He's the one who teaches you how to get to the Father. He's the one who teaches you. Come on now. The problem with the church is that everyone thinks because they have Yeshua, everyone knows that verse, Yeshua, the hope of glory, but you don't understand something very important. He is the starting point. In the scriptures, it talks, you know what? I know you don't believe me. Go to Colossians. Mm. I know y'all don't believe me. Go to Colossians real quick. 
Actually, no. Go to Hebrews. Yes, go to Hebrews chapter 1. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 1 real quick. Okay? That's in the New Testament. Now, look at this. Are you there? Hebrews chapter 1. Now, go to verse 3. This is talking about Yeshua, who being the brightness of his glory, of whose glory? The Father's glory, brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So here it's saying that Yeshua is the glory. Yeshua is the starting point or the expression of God the Father. But that doesn't mean you're supposed to stop at him. Even Yeshua said in John 17 that they might know thee, the one true living God, and Jesus Christ, the one whom you have sent. The problem with the church is you stopped at Jesus Christ. You stopped at Yeshua, but you must go to the Father. You must ask Yeshua to help you get to the Father. Yeshua will teach you the ways to the Father. This is what is prayed over because it's saying that the whole earth... Do you understand what that means? It's not just talking about the earth and physical. It's talking about us. What are we made of? We're made of earth. We are earthen vessels. We, come on somebody. So here it's saying that you are supposed to be filled with the knowledge of the glory. You are supposed to be filled as much as the, how much does water make up the earth? About how much percent? About 75 to 80%, right? That means 75 to 80% of you should be glory. Oh, y'all missed that. Mm. Y'all, they ain't ready for today, Lord. (laughs) You should be glory. But what does that mean? It means you should look more and more like Yeshua. You should have, what it's talking about, knowledge of the glory. You should walk like Yeshua. Talk like Yeshua. Do signs and wonders like Yeshua. You should have the same heart as Yeshua. The same mind as Yeshua. Come on, somebody. This is the goal. This is the desire. This is the desire that the men of old had. This is the desire Paul had when he wrote these letters. When he said that... That Yeshua is the express image. He is the glory. The knowledge of the glory starts with him. You have to go beyond dumb dead church and get to Yeshua. See, I know a lot of people in the church, they know a lot about Yeshua, but they don't know Yeshua. Oh, y'all missed that. See, church, I see a lot of pastors, you can talk a lot about him. You can talk a lot about Yeshua. You can say a lot about Yeshua. But that's why you can talk it, but you can't walk it. Uh, You can talk it, but you can't walk it. You can talk about all the wonderful things Yeshua did. You can talk about the wonderful signs and miracles, but you can't do the same thing that he did because you don't know him. You don't have the same connection he did. Because it starts with him. The Lord in the church, the Bible says in the church, God appointed Yeshua over everything in the church. But the problem is the church is not fully submitted to the will and the work of Yeshua. I'm going to stop yelling at (laughs) y'all. I'm going to stop in a minute. I want y'all to go with me to Habakkuk chapter 3 now. Okay. Now, 
I'm just going to show y'all a little tidbit. First off, if you look at verse 5, it says, Before him went the pestilence, and burning coals went forth at his feet. So don't let no one tell you that COVID is a work of the devil. There is nowhere in the Bible, in Second Chronicles, in Habakkuk, you can look. God never allowed Satan to have so much power that he allowed a pestilence to affect the whole earth. Only God has that authority. He even says right here, before him went the pestilence. But the Lord wants me to tell you something. It says before him went the pestilence. What did we just go through? A pestilence, right? What are we still going through? A pestilence. So who's coming next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, hope you, I hope you got it. So before he actually comes, there's a what? Pestilence. So the so COVID is not the is not just the sign of God removing his hand. It's the sign that God is coming. It's the sign that he is coming. It is the sign, and I'm not talking about Yeshua's second coming to, to, to rapture the church. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the greatest move of God that the world has ever seen. I'm talking about where dumb dead church, I'm talking about where the church starts fulfilling this scripture, where they become knowledge, where they receive the knowledge of the glory and they become the glorious bride of Christ because the Lord says he's not coming back for an anointed church. He's not coming back for a gifted church. He ain't coming for just a faithful church. He's coming for a glorious church. Mm-hmm. A glorious bride without blemish. He is coming. The sign of COVID. The Lord wants me to say, COVID is the start of my coming. It is the start of deliverance. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, look at the 10th plague that affected Egypt. What happened after the 10th plague took place? Israel received their deliverance. Israel received their freedom. And they went on into the promised land. Oh, y'all missed that. What is God about to do now? When COVID is done. When he's done with the assignment of COVID. Come on now. Somebody should shout a hallelujah somewhere. Mm-hmm. Who is excited? Hallelujah. Who is encouraged? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because even though I'm going to say this, we lost a lot of people during COVID. We lost a lot of people. But I feel like I can say this because I'm bold like that. Sorry. But who's to say that that was the end? You don't know how God is going to use those people To give him glory at the end of this. For all we know. Did you know that there was a period. Where people who died from COVID. They couldn't even get buried. They were stuck in a van. So I want people to understand this. There were people who were going through stuff. Right? Well let me tell you something. This is what makes us so powerful. God. In his infinite wisdom. Who's to say. Because we are not just going to have glory. This scripture and scriptures later talks about the latter rain glory. In fact, it kind of touches on this a little bit. That the latter rain will be greater. Who's to say we don't have Ezekiel moments. Where entire graveyards are raised from the dead. Who's to say. That God isn't going to do something absolutely incredible and amazing. Who's to say that there might be... Now, I want y'all to know this. Who's to say that one nation gets hit with a sickness even not like COVID, but maybe on the same tier. And God says, 
I'm going to take some believers over there to pray for them who are sick and watch them be healed. You don't know God's plan, but it is for you to trust him in times of struggle in adversity and even heartache. I know we lost some people during this time, but you know what? Now I pray, God, use this for your glory. I said, Lord, how will you be glorified in this? You'd never know. You might actually win a few souls because they saw someone who they love pass on. But for some reason, when they passed on, there was a sense of peace. It wasn't like they were afraid. They knew where they were going and they want that same security. You don't know. Stop being offended at God and trust him. Because that's what Habakkuk chapter 3, right here, verse 18 says. Actually, verse 17. And I need to talk to people who are afflicted with something. Or it's basically no matter what happens. This is what Habakkuk says. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd in the stalls. 18 is the key. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. He's saying no matter what happens, no matter what it looks like, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's my bank account's looking funny, I lost my job, I Whatever it is, the government is acting funny. Whatever it is, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hinds feet. Do you know what hinds feet means? Hinds feet means like a deer. Anybody seen how deers run or how they get through tough terrain? They basically skip over it. He says, high feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. Look at this. Isn't that beautiful? Habakkuk mm. is giving a word of encouragement at the end, saying mm. no matter what happens, no matter what you're going through, rejoice in the Lord, the God of my salvation, and trust him. He said, the Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like hinds feet. He'll make it like a deer. But then also, I'm going to share with you a revelation. Anyone notice how deers walk? One foot, and then when the back foot comes, it goes to the exact same spot where the front foot was. That's the way they walk. And then the Lord showed me something. He said, you can walk like that with me. Every step I take, you can take that step right after me. Like hinds feet. You can follow me just that close. Just like a deer. That's why David said, as the deer panted. Uh, y'all, come on, who is Amen. getting this? Oh, yeah. That's good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. David said, as the yeah. deer panted for the water, yeah. so does my soul thirst and panteth after you. That's why he said after you, he understood how a deer walked. You can walk that same way. Who wants to walk with God like that? Walk like a deer. Not only skip over every obstacle, but walk the same way he walks. You can have that. All you have to do is receive it. I'm done for right now. I believe I'm done with the word. And I hope you all enjoyed that. Next week, we'll be here in Zephaniah and Haggai because, again, they're short books and we're going to get that done. But I want you um, for next week when we come back, I want you I'm about to pray, but I want you guys to read um, Zephaniah chapter three. And I want you to read 15 to 18. Once again, that's Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 15 to 18. And then I want you to go to Haggai. 
okay? Once you read Zephaniah, I want you to go to Haggai. Yes, Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 15 to 18. Okay, 15 to 18. And then go to the book of Haggai. I want you to read chapter 2, verse 5, all the way to 9. Okay? I want you to read that so that you at least have a better understanding of where I'm going when I start teaching on Zephaniah and Haggai. Did you all learn something? Did you all receive something today? Right now, I'm about to pray for you. I'm about to close. And right now, I just want you to right now, just trust the Lord right now. Just right now, just say, Lord, I yield my heart to you right now. I yield my mind to you right now. I place my hope my faith, and my love on you. Because that's what he wants. Right now, some of you have gone through just a dark time in this season, but I want you to understand, trust in the Lord. The Lord will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. He is loving, he is good, he is kind. He is the bestest friend you will ever have. He will stick closer to you than a brother. He is absolutely amazing. And you can have a closeness, a relationship with him. That's my desire. That's my desire for all those who are listening, that you encounter and receive Yeshua in an even greater understanding of him. Because he is the most wonderful person I have ever met. And so right now, I want to pray for you. And I just want you all right now to receive whatever the Lord has for you right now. So, Father, right now, in the name of Yeshua, right now, Lord, I step into my office as king. And right now, Lord, I lift all those who are here right now. I lift them right now before your throne, right now, all those who are listening to me right now. And, Father, right now, in the name of Yeshua, I pray that you will just release right now your love on them right now, that you will release right now to them. I release the kingdom of God right now. I release the kingdom of heaven right now. I decree and declare right now, all those who are listening, that the kingdom of God is being loosed right now in your life. It's being loosed in your heart. It's being loosed in your mind. It's being loosed in your body right now. I come against all works of the kingdom of darkness. I come against the spirits of death and hell. I come against all works of Satan. It is canceled and dismantled now in the mighty name of Yeshua. Mm -hmm. I bind and rebuke it. I cast it out. I send it back to the depths of hell from whence it came and it shall never return. I plead the blood of Yeshua over all those who are listening to me right now. And Father, right now, I pray that the fire of God will fall on all those who are listening right now. Father, open the gates of heaven right now and release in the name of Yeshua your glorious presence right now, your love right now. Right now, I pray, Lord, for new hearts. I pray for faithful hearts. I pray for hearts that hunger and thirst for your righteousness, that hunger and thirst for your word. I pray for hearts that desire an intimate relationship with you. I pray for hearts that that just um, want to continue to grow and listen to your word right now. And Father, I thank you for all you've done, doing and will continue to do. But most importantly, I thank you for being who you are. For there is no one else like you. All the glory, there it is. It's being released right now. (laughs) Thank you, glorious master. Thank you, wonderful Yeshua. Just thank him right now for it. Whatever it is that is happening in the glory right now, just thank him for it right now. 
Just thank him for it. Believe you have received it right now. Believe you have received it. Thank him right now. Lord, we love you. We adore you. Thank you and praise you. It's in Yeshua's mighty name I do pray. While the presence of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, Baruch Atah Adonai Ha'el HaKadosh, I decree and declare, for mm-hmm. thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. And my prayer mm-hmm. partners in agreement said with me, because they believe and receive this, said amen. Amen and amen. amen. Glory to God forever. Amen.